everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 147, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining as always, the crew, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What's up, Richard? Hey, guys. What's going on? What is up? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brew and all-around content creator. Seth, how's it going? Doing good, guys. How are you this week? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, interesting weekend. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, Chaz, as always, uh, content creator for Magic the Gathering, focusing on the financial aspect. Uh, basically, on the docket, we, we have a lot to talk about in terms of Pro Tour Ixalan. Uh, we're just going to give our overall thoughts, talk a little bit about uh, you know everything that we usually talk about for Pro Tours, the content, the coverage, just the overall feel of the Pro Tour, what our thoughts were um, on the format moving forward. Um, that will lead us into some announcements. Uh, we finally have the list of From the Vault Transform. Uh, we will discuss that, as well as Explorers of Ixalan. Uh, the deck lists were revealed. Um, I know we were privy to a, a few cards, but now we have all the deck lists, so we're going to talk about that as well. And then we'll wrap things up with some fish mail. We have quite a bit of those as well. So uh, let's just dive right in. Uh, gentlemen, what did you think of Pro Tour Ixalan? Just kind of give your, your thoughts on uh, just an overall... Uh, takeaway for now. Uh, Richard? I thought it was good. Uh, it was a little scary on day one when they released the metagame numbers and everyone's worst fears of it being just all teamer with a splash of Remunap Red. Uh, but throughout the weekend, they they managed to have a lot of variety of decks during the feature match. And then the top eight uh, was half energy, half non-energy decks. So we saw a large variety of decks, uh, regardless of what the meta percentage was. And I think coming out of it, we saw that energy was beatable, even though Saltai Energy won. You, you saw all the other energy decks kind of fall over, and there are ways to attack them. So I think overall it was a pretty good Pro Tour. It wasn't the best. I think having the Pro Tour right after set release is still better, but it wasn't as bad as a lot of people, including us, thought it would be, you know, with just a stale meta and teamer energy running rampant. So pretty good, pretty good road tour. I was actually quite pleased with uh, what happened this weekend. <sighs> so Seth, what do oh, you think? Oh, no, Seth disagrees already. <laughs> so so I, I don't disagree. I feel like, I feel like Wizards did a really good job. Uh, I'll put it that way. I feel like, I have really mixed feelings. I feel like the meta was proven to be pretty broken and pretty bad, but I felt like Wizards, by a combination of skill and luck, actually made it into a really good pro tour. Like, even though Teamer Energy and Ramadan Brad was, like, 70% of the field or something, it didn't feel like that in the feature match area, so we were seeing interesting decks all the time, and then even though, like, more than half of the decks to put up good finishes were Teamer Energy decks... The top eight was really diverse. The energy decks went out early, and Wizards obviously can't control that. That's where they got a little bit lucky. So I feel like the I feel like what ha I was afraid would happen did happen, but it was actually a really entertaining pro tour because it didn't feel like it happened on camera. That's kind of that's kind of how I felt as well. Although there there were a lot of energy in in many different varieties of energy, um, I, I guess. You know, we talked about this last week that that doesn't really count as like different deck lists uh, for you all, but I, I did feel there was enough nuance in the in the changes, especially the four color energy list. I actually really enjoyed because it, it did feel at least a little bit different. 
and it was nice to see you know the splash for Vraska and, and just a couple at least a couple different cards uh, than the normal traditional teamer energy. Uh, but I, I do feel a little bit like how, how you feel, Seth, that when it came to the top eight, they almost kind of got a little bit lucky um, considering so much of the field was red and, and energy um, that even though a good portion of the top eight was energy, it, it it just wasn't like a doom and gloom scenario where it's like, oh, well, you know, energy just kind of t- took over another pro tour. Let's talk about what needs to like happen going forward. I, I don't think that really needs to happen. I thought it was an overall great, amazing top eight. Um, and for most of the weekend, uh, we were watching really good magic, uh, despite, um, such a large percentage of, you know, those archetypes. They really tried to showcase, like, the mono, uh, white vampires list, these, uh, the, like, the teamer riddle form. So they really tried to keep things fresh throughout the coverage where, um, you were getting a lot of variety in just the content between rounds and the feature area. Yeah, just to recap for people who didn't look at the numbers, uh, day two meta, which kind of looked like the same as a day one meta, uh, teamer energy, 23%, four color energy, 19%. I'm going to call those decks the same four color energies. Basically, teamer energy, splashing some black for Scarab God and Vraska. Uh, you have Raminap Red at 22%, Saltai Energy at 6%, and Saltai Energy, while it is called energy it plays quite differently it feels more like the black green constrictor decks we've seen in the past and then you have kind of the energy killers or people trying to dodge the meta black red aggro uh god pharaoh's gift mardu vehicles those are all you know five percent and under uh and then you know some of the decks we saw in the top eight the uh you know the approach decks and then uh, mono white vampires was uh, something that a lot of people kind of keyed in on. All five players made it today too, <laughs> and it was, it yep. was just a weird take on White Weenie. But apparently, uh, Angel of Invention's a pretty good card. So I don't know. I, we saw enough interesting decks that it was enough for me. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, this wasn't the doom and gloom scenario. I don't know what this means for the Pro Tour or for the standard metagame going forward. Is everyone just going to play Teamer Energy anyway? Or will everyone start playing these weird decks, Esper God, Pharaoh's Gift, etc., etc.? So uh, it'll be interesting. What do you guys think? Do you think these new decks will will make a splash, or do you think everyone will just go back? You know, they'll add some abrades to their Teamer Energy deck and move on. <laughs> I think the meta is actually that we saw at the Pro Tour is actually a pretty fair representation of what I expect moving forward. I think I think that. We'll see Teamer Energy being a massive amount of the field. We'll see Ramanam Red still being like the second best deck. I definitely think we'll see an uptick in play of some of these fringe decks or rogue decks or whatever you want to call them. The second tier decks, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. So I think people will try God Pharaoh's Gift. They'll try Approach Splashing Red for Harness Lightning. They'll try Vampires. But I still don't really have much confidence that any of those decks is better than Teamer Energy or Four Color Energy. I think that, like, that was what I came away with, is Teamer Energy is still the best deck. It's just so flexible, has so many good sideboard plans for every single matchup, so I don't feel like any of those decks actually beats Teamer Energy. So I expect it'll be a lot like we saw at the Pro Tour, with people testing out these new decks, but Teamer Energy being flexible enough to adapt and stay the best deck in the format. This deck almost reminds me of Jund, right? It just has 
a lot of great matchups and overall doesn't have any bad matchups. So it's a very flexible deck like Jund. Um, obviously, it's not the exact same, but it plays. It's very similar in that in that regard. But I do think they should. St- Going forward, uh, folks will start to respect um, the God Pharaoh's gift list and some of those other lists that actually put up really great uh, results uh, and and place into the top eight. I just I do think a braid needs to come back into the main deck. Like you do need to uh, respect those decks a little bit more because when you're not when you don't have anything main deck, like those decks can get way out of hand. I mean, Pascal is a great player, but I mean we saw the power of the deck when. You really don't interact with it um, enough. So if you're not packing enough interaction for these decks, um, they're a lot stronger than they normally would be. So I think energy list can kind of pivot and and change a little bit going forward. But you know, looking at the results, it, it's I know it's a lot to to kind of digest. But just under the surface, there was some interesting lists that like just missed. Or, you know, got really far into the tournament with, like, eight wins or seven wins. I mean, there's there's still a little bit of room for innovation. But, I mean, Teamer's just the best. And I don't think there's a huge problem with that. It's just I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable with how big the margin is. So that's, that's my question for both of you. So, obviously, Teamer didn't win the tournament. And if you dig into the numbers, it was, like, fairly average. Like, it... It didn't perform badly. It didn't perform insanely well. Is is a fair deck, and I consider Teamer Energy a fair deck, is it okay to have a fair deck like Teamer Energy be 40%, 40 plus percent of the meta? Like, we've seen unfair decks like Marvel. That's about yeah. where it was getting banned when it was like 40 plus percent of the meta. But that's a different deck that's like killing you on turn four. It probably feels worse to lose to marvel so are we okay with let's say half of the standard format being one deck if that deck is fundamentally a fair deck and you're not losing on turn four i'm starting to come around to it um i I know two weeks ago now uh you and i talked about this set that if if it got to a point where it was completely out of control um and you know, if we went into the pro tour and that's kind of how we felt about it, that we should have start having those conversations again. But I I just don't, I don't think so. Um, it is a fair deck and I don't think the margin, like I'm not super comfortable with it because I kind of lump all the energy stuff together because it's, it's by and large, you're playing a lot of the similar cards. I mean, long tusk cub, all this stuff. Um, but I, I saw enough, at least from the pro tour that it, it doesn't, make me cry like it doesn't make me call out for like something that needs to be done especially with another set along the way you know coming right around the corner um i I just you can't really penalize people for playing good cards yeah i think mid-range is the least of the feel bads right when mono red smashes you really quickly you feel bad when a control deck prevents you from doing anything you feel bad when a combo deck kills you on turn four you feel bad when a mid-range deck grinds you out over 10 turns, you're like, eh. So it's it's the least feel bad, but I don't think you can let it pass, right? Like, we've had these mid-range decks in the past, you know, Coco decks, uh, Abzan Rhino decks. People still complain about them, right? If it's too prevalent and you can't combat yep. it, and the only thing you can do is play another mid-range deck, I think 
people will complain. And I, I, I think the beauty of Magic is that you should be able to play all styles. So when one of them is too crazy, I think you need to do something about it. So just because it's mid-range, I don't think you get a pass, even though it feels slightly better than the other types of decks. So, But I, I do think that having 50% energy mid-range decks is, is not good, and I don't think it gets... It should get a pass over Marvel or something. I think, for me, maybe the best comparison... And I don't think we're quite there yet, but I think Callblade is the easiest comparison. When you go back to when when Callblade was the best deck, and when Jace and Stoneforge finally got banned, uh, part of their announcement, I actually got it right in front of me, but basically what they said was, we had a one-deck meta. It was a fair deck. You're playing very fair skill testing magic like uh, Callblade was not killing you on turn four it was interactive you're attacking you're playing removal spells you're playing a regular game of magic but they basically said we wanted to try to see what would happen with a skill testing one deck meta but ultimately players didn't find that enjoyable and we had to ban it so I feel like that could be where we end up with Teamer Energy, if you're getting to like 50 plus percent being one deck, I think even if that's a fair deck, people are going to get tired of that eventually. So I don't think we're there yet, but if it's still like that, come Rivals of Ixalan, and we're still having the same metagame percentages, then I think we might get the Callblade-esque type banning, where it's just like, uh, sure it's fair, but if that's what you're playing every other round of your FNM, are you going to keep going to FNM for the next 11 months to rotation? It's yeah. not like we have a rotation in three months. Yeah, and while, and again, this is kind of where I brought up the point where as I'm watching pro players play these deck lists, there is enough nuance between the different flavors of energy. But, you know, for for folks that are either getting to, you know, trying to get to that point or just go to local FNMs, I mean, Sultai Energy, Four Color Energy, and, and Teamer Energy, like, after a while, it's just all going to blend together. So I don't really, like, if they're all kind of the core of all these decks, I mean, after a while, I, you, you might be right, Seth, that folks just kind of get tired of it. But, again, there, there is another set around the corner, so I don't know what is in store. But it, to me, this wasn't like Worlds where... It was like I was kind of hesitant, and then we, we had those discussions, and I was like, you know, we'll just have to see. I, I saw enough from the Pro Tour that there is the nuance, um, and, you know, there are other decks that can thrive in the format, and it's not just energy. But for other for others, the, the disparity might not be, you know, it, it's too high. So I don't know. So realistically... Do you think Watsi is going to ban something? And if they were, what card would it be? I, I don't think they should. But do you think they will, regardless of whether they, they should or should not? I'm going to say not before Rivals. I think if we have Rise, Rivals of Ixlan and things are still looking the same after in the Rivals meta... Then I think Wizards might feel like they have to, because there's still going to be a lot of months until rotation. Dominaria is pretty hyped. I think that would be... I think you can almost write off Ixalan block to some extent, but if Dominaria is being overshadowed by energy as well, that might be the time where Wizards feels like they need to act. So I think we're going to have to live with it for now, but we might get to the point after Rivals, if nothing changes, where then we're talking about banning probably a Tune with Ether. I think, would be the most likely ban. 
I, I, I agree with that timeline. I, I don't think... We kind of have to wait for the second block of Ixalan at this point. Um, I don't think they'll do anything before that. If Pro Tour... Well, see, even we don't we don't have a standard Pro Tour now, right? It's a modern Pro Tour coming Next, up. So, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, then we I guess we just have to wait all the way until Pro Tour Dominaria. I think the GP results could be a catalyst for it. Yeah, that's true too. They've done they've done uh, they've used GP results for you know to push them to ban stuff before. And I mean, the big thing is going to be player reaction. Are people, like, what normally makes them bad in something is F&M attendance starts to drop. Like, people stop showing up at tournaments. So if players are okay with energy and they just keep going to events and they're like, whatever, I'm not dying on turn four. I don't care if I play energy every other round. Right. Then Wizards probably doesn't really feel like they need to take action. But once they have those numbers for, like, attendance and stuff that we don't necessarily get to see. So if we get to the point where those numbers start to drop, I think that would be something that would push Wizards towards taking action. Yeah, and especially because, I mean, I don't... I didn't really... Well, yes, it is a lot of the field, but I actually liked watching Sultai Energy and Four Color Energy sometimes. Like, it is... Sultai is different enough where it's kind of not just the same thing, and Four Color... I guess is similar to Teamer, but it is kind of splashing for a couple of different things. But it, it was different enough. There was just like, up oh, uh, another you know mirror match. Let me just kind of tune out for a bit. Like I actually actively watch those, and then you know with other decks thrown into the mix, I, I really really enjoyed watching the God Pharaohs gift decks. Without you know when when people don't respect them enough, and you 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 can see a lot of those deck lists like in the feature match, and you see high level play of those gift decks like i i really enjoyed that so with a condensed standard and you're still having some amount of diversity in, in decklist and these archetypes especially at the highest level i mean i don't really think that's like a you know we're we should be raising the alarm here do you think you'll still feel the same way six months from now if every gp and tournament is the is the same as probably the probably not like, no I can see it being novel for a short period of time, but I think what it's just the distance to rotation that scares me. Like normally we get to these periods like with collected company where it's like 40% of the meta, but normally we get there like a month or two before rotation, people figure it out and you're like, all right, like sure. We know what the standard is about a couple months. We'll have a rotation, but we just had rotation. So that's what I'm mostly worried about is will this keep people's interest for the next 11 months until energy rotates instead of just like a couple months you got to get through over the summer we collected company. Yeah, I probably won't feel the same way. But normally, I mean, between uh, now that we're talking about it, you normally look under the number. Like you you're from the numbers, you normally look at the list that just got a bad rap whether it be from, you know, draft or just almost got there. You don't feel that they're like I don't know if people really noticed, but there was like an eight-win list by Elliot. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this name, but uh, Boussad, a, a white-blue cycling list, and these mono-white vampires list like eight wins. It was almost right there. So, you know, maybe there's just more. Maybe something other than you know, Teamer just adopting a braid is going to happen from this Pro Tour, where you know it put up. They put up good enough results that it could be viable going forward in this in this format so we kind of alluded to it 
but this was basically Pro Tour Kaladesh, right? We did not see any Ixlon cards whatsoever. Uh, the most played Ixlon cards, Rootbound Crag, Duress. Uh, even then, they were in you know 50 decks and 30 decks, respectively, out of 100+. Plus. And of the actual flashy cards, uh, Vraska Relic Seeker made it into some Teamer decks, uh, Search for Escanta, and Hostage Taker. That was basically it kind of support cards the most played cards were the lands and you know spell pierces and duresses and things like that so in terms of showing off ixalan this did a pretty bad job and unluckily for watsi the next pro tour is a modern pro tour so again you're not going to see too much uh, of the new of the new block i guess so what does this mean for ixalan the block and do you think this will spur Watsi to actually make bigger changes, knowing that they don't have any more opportunity to sell these cards, right? Like, if they want to sell the cards, they need them upfront now, and, you know, not a year from now, uh, you know, after all the Pro Tours have happened already. That's a really interesting point, actually, as far as the sales. Like, they want to see their new sets do good, because that's the reason for people to buy those sets, and if energy... If people get the perception that energy is just, like, the only deck to buy and there's not really any reason to buy Rivals of Ixalan, I think that could be an argument for Wizards making changes. I think it's compounded by the fact... I mean, what did you feel now that it's over that Worlds was first and Pro Tour was was delayed like this? Normally, people tune in not only just to showcase the set. I mean, that's, like, kind of what it's there to do anyway, but it would also help if... You know, things are still fresh, and you know how much more exciting that Mono White Vampires would have been, like, four weeks ago? Yep. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like it would have been a lot more, like, that would have been a, a lot bigger of a storyline if, you know, things weren't always, you know, it, a lot of everything that we saw was no known quantity. That was kind of like the little storyline, but I think it would have been a lot bigger if we had it two weeks after Ixalan. Yep. Do you think they, think they will all flip that, that going forward? That yeah. Looking back, it was a mistake. I don't think the same hype was achieved. I don't think, you know, you're right. We would have went nuts over that vampire list had it been right after release. But now we're just like, eh, right? So, <laughs> yep. And, you know, the, the same type of hype didn't show up at Worlds because everyone was super spiky. They all just played their teamer decks and, you know, whatever. So I, I think reversing it back would be the correct call. You're, you're just not getting the same hype. It felt like a big GP or something, as opposed yeah. to a big set reveal, and, oh, I'm excited to see what all the new cards are. Because, like, even Limited is not as fun anymore. Because you know what all the cards are now, and you know what the, you know, the standouts are. It's not fun to watch Limited, whereas with the new set, you might not even know what the cards are. So you're actually seeing the cards for the first time if the Pro Tour is right after release. So even limited becomes much better, in my opinion. So I much prefer a Pro Tour right after set release. Yeah, and, and that's probably still that's probably a, a little of why everyone's kind of having this reaction. It was kind of a lukewarm all around. I mean, no disrespect to the people that went there, and obviously it doesn't take anything away from Seth and his win there, but um, I just kind of feel like... It, it would have just been a lot better if it was like to, if, if it was switched. Yeah, I agree with you. I also wanted to point out the reason for the switch was 
Wizards was hoping the metagame wouldn't get solved so quickly. And that obviously didn't happen because we just had, like, just as far as metagame percentages, one of the least diverse pro tours. Yeah. Like, top eight was great. Feature matches were great. Not to, They did a great job with that. But just if you look at the numbers, it was really not diverse at all. And I feel like... It almost had the opposite effect as what they wanted. They thought like, oh, if we push this back, the metagame won't get solved as quickly. But instead, you just had this really uh, like two-deck metagame Pro Tour, when if the Pro Tour was earlier, I think it's possible that the idea that Teamer was so far the best deck maybe wouldn't have solidified yet, and you might have had some uh, larger group of people feeling like they could beat it and showing up with other decks and having more rogue decks. But but now being like a month and a half after set release or whatever, we've seen so many tournaments, we've played so much on Moto, everyone kind of knew Teamer was the best deck and a lot of teams just defaulted to that. So I almost feel like pushing back the Pro Tour, not only did it make it less exciting, but I feel like maybe it made it less diverse as well, which is the opposite of what the idea was. Yeah. And, and it's just a, a kind of like, that. that's why I'm just... Not near really neutral, but I'm not leaning. You know, after talking with you both and and we having those discussions, Seth, um, even a couple of weeks ago, that's kind of why I'm in this state now, where it's like, ah, you know, it's actually it's kind of hard to tell now because it was pushed back and there was there was still a little bit there, but you know, maybe if this was a little earlier, we wouldn't have had a, a, such a negative or maybe neutral take, lukewarm take. So there's a lot of factors now, but. I think overall we just have to wait for the next Ixalan set. I mean, as crazy as... I mean, it, it sucks, but I think Richard is right. At, at the very end, it, it just didn't it didn't showcase a lot of Ixalan. I mean, short of Mono White Vampires, which I would think is overall like a, an Ixalan set deck, um, I think it was just downplayed because it was like five weeks after the release. Yeah, no dinosaurs, which was the whole selling nope. point of the the set no 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 dinosaurs no pirates uh vampires for some reason made it in so they they didn't really sell the cards (laughs) they wanted to sell but enough about the metagame what do you guys think about the stories the top eight chapin's use of fumigate uh Uh, i think overall it was a really entertaining pro tour like I was hoping for the LSV comeback storyline, but that didn't actually really take off. But I feel like the storylines were pretty compelling. We got to see a lot of different decks. We got to see God Pharaoh's Gift. We had another pretty epic top eight punt. Like, I thought that after Hazaret last go around, we might make it through punt free, but there was a pretty big uh, punt by Sigris to basically lose a match, I think. So it was, I felt like it was very entertaining and was really happy with it overall. Yeah, I thought the top eight was fantastic, me personally. I actually felt there were far more punts in this top eight than I can ever remember. And I, I don't mean, you know, strategical punts. I mean, just like straight up missed triggers, uh, didn't attack with this guy when it had lethal and like just really strange things that are not characteristic of, you know, the, the top pros of the top eight. So it was weird, but... It was pretty fun rooting for the underdogs and, and seeing the matches. You know, everyone, it was funny because Mardu Vehicles was kind of the last boogeyman. And then now everyone's like, yeah, come on, Mardu Vehicles, take out energy. And <laughs> it, it was just weird. So overall, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, production keeps getting slightly better. You know, it's improving. It's not skyrocketing out of there. But every Pro Tour is getting better and better. So uh, 
the ads were different this time, so I, I like that. They didn't just keep showing the same team slides over and over. They actually had different things going on. Uh, the arena, <laughs> I was talking to Seth about the Magic <laughs> Arena bit, and it's funny how uh, everyone had the same comment of it reflecting the authentic, real Magic experience. <laughs> like, the literal <laughs> quote. Uh, but people got to try it out there, so it was, it was pretty cool. So... Uh, overall, I thought it was pretty good. I, I didn't like the battle, uh, enter the battlefield segments this time. They, they were a bit worse than the usual ones. I don't know why. Mm. But the, the other ones, the previous ones have been like super top notch. This one is just good, not great. Yeah. I, admittedly, I, I didn't key in uh, as much to those different aspects. To me, I, I thought the flow was great. I did, while the enter the battlefield, I, I think you are right. I think I liked the other bits a lot more. Um, I think they they did a better job trying to showcase a lot of the uh, deck techs, um, and those were th- those seemed really good um, this time around. But other than that, I mean, that was really the only thing I noticed. Uh, maybe I just didn't notice a lot of the punting, but to me, I thought it was overall really good. And sometimes conserv- playing conservatively can actually lead to that. So. Um, Maybe that's why? I don't know. I think coverage did miss LSV. Like, I think coverage was good, but uh, I feel like Magic still needs... I feel like there's a ton of people that are good good at doing commentary, and I really thought the commentary was good overall, but it was missing some of the really high-level understanding of the game interaction. I know especially for me there was... Uh, it was actually the top eight match that ended with Sigrist not attacking because he thought one of his creatures was summoning sick, and it was like this really weird ending, but the commentary there was just very not understanding of what was going on in the board state. Like, it was kind of convincing yeah. everyone that this Mardu or um, Heart of Kieran really mattered when really it didn't, and it kind of like made this really awkward situation. So I feel like while the coverage was really good overall, I missed that like really deep knowledge that LSV brought to it. Like if just being able to analyze game states so on point and so sharply. So that was one thing I missed. The other thing I wanted to ask you that I noticed throughout the weekend, did you feel like maybe this is just magic coverage in general? Do we have too many inside jokes? There was a lot of like references to old pros and these like jokes between LSV and Cheon, where if you're really enfranchised and you know that LSV and Cheon are, like, best friends forever, and you know the old pros from 20 years ago, maybe they were kind of funny, but from a perspective of, like, someone who just hops into the Twitch stream to check out this Magic game, it would really go over your head and be very weird. So do we do too much of that? Are we too insular and inside jokey in the Magic community? I can't, I I can't really... I feel like I can't really comment on that because I don't watch a lot of other esports coverage, so I don't actually really know. And I'm only using esports as like this, I guess this genre. Not, I mean, Magic is kind of making its way, but I, I just don't know if that's a thing that is done throughout. Um, so I'm not really sure. To me, I didn't get, I didn't get them. I so at one point I was. I think I tabbed away for a second, and I just heard, like, laughing, and then I was like, what What just happened? And then I tabbed back, and, like, they were just still playing, so I was like, what What, what happened? So I don't really know. I I can't really comment. Yeah, I, I think it's... Sometimes it gets out of hand. It's 
it's not like you just don't understand the joke and it probably just goes past people's head when you know they don't understand it and whatever but i think it does it does bring a little like unprofessionalism to it and you know part of it is they do need to showcase their personality and their chemistry uh, but at the same time, if it's too too like uh, specific, like you don't understand it, it's it's tough. So I think the closest analysis is like StarCraft, where people that watch StarCraft, like Tasteless and Artosis. They're like super best buds. They always joke around. But the things they joke around with, you can understand as like a layman. It's not like super, super, you know, I need to be in franchise in the scene. Whereas yeah. something like, you know, Paul Cheon and LSV sharing uh, was eight top eights or whatever. Like, if you didn't know the context behind that, you wouldn't even understand it's a joke, right? You would just think, oh, you know, <laughs> you're, two, you're two players that shared, you know, that have a combined top eight, whereas the reality is it's not equal, right? So stuff like that, I think, need to tone it down a little bit. But at the same time, part of the, the fun is the trio of Marshall, Cheon, LSV. They're really good friends, so they have good chemistry. So I don't want to break that up but maybe just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I also appreciate it, but I'm also very enfranchised, and I get that stuff to to a pretty good extent. I still, it kind of brings me back around to maybe we just do a new player stream. Like, maybe, what would it be like to have two streams and have one that was just very basic and almost, like, educational for teaching people and another one for more enfranchised players? Would that work? I, I just don't Games think have tried this, the, and it never... Yeah. It, I don't it think it never works out. out. Yeah. Maybe a restream, like, once it's over, they can go back through and kind of redo it again. Like, edit over it. I don't know. I, I, I like just don't they just need to get all just think, on the same page. Like, yeah. I think I remember one of the one of the times, it's like, how does how does God Pharaoh's gift, how does the God Pharaoh's gift deck win? That was, like, uh, I think Rich's question to Simon. And I'm pretty sure he was fishing for, you know, you, you discard this God Pharaoh's gift, you refurbish it, animate an angel. Whereas Simon went into a much more spiky mode, like you need to control the board, you need to do this. And, you know, he was answering for a spike, whereas Rich was trying to get the answer for a new player. So they just got to kind of get on the same wavelength and figure out, you know, here we're going to talk to new players. You know, what is Saltai? You know, Saltai is actually this three-color combination, right? Because they, yeah. they were trying to stress that a lot, but sometimes it just went way past that, and they were describing kind of how the deck plays differently from Teamer as opposed to Saltai actually means, you know, black, green, and blue. <laughs> so right, it, it, it's just like a chemistry thing, I think. And as they work together more, they'll figure out how to answer each other's questions. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts? Uh, good experiment. Never again with this timing, please. <laughs> Give us back our normal Pro Tour timings. Yeah, definitely definitely agree with that. Go back to doing the Pro Tour first. Overall, oh, little, yeah, yeah. little scared about the meta moving forward, uncertain, but I felt like they did a great job considering the meta of making it a really entertaining Pro Tour. So very happy overall with the Pro Tour, despite my reservations and concern about what things will look like three months from now. Also, really enjoy. I, I overall enjoyed it. I am a little concerned about the meta as well, and not directly a pro tour um, final take. But can we please not have stress tests right after a pro tour? Uh, yeah, that would be great, Wizards, if you're listening at all. <laughs> Don't please. I mean, I 
very grateful. I loved it. It was awesome, but it was a long day. <laughs> I thought it was weird that they did the first. It was the first beta event, right, yeah. for Magic Arena on yeah. the same day as the Pro Tour. Yeah. That seems like odd timing. Yeah, it was. It was tough. It was. It was late for some of us. Really late. So if we could kind of move that around for next time, that would be awesome. All right, from the Vault um, Transform. Yeah, from the Vault Transform. It Take it away, Richard. All the cards today. It releases November 24th. 15 cards, 35 bucks, all foil, all double-faced. Uh, so we have three cards with new art. That would be Huntmaster of the Fells, Delver of Secrets, and Garrick Relentless. So you can check those out. They have new art, both front and back. And then for the rest of the cards... Uh, we have the five Magic Origins Planeswalkers that flip. So like Jace Prince Prodigy, Liliana Heretical Healer, uh, Kytheon, Nissa Vastwood Seer, and Chandra Fire of Kaladesh. Uh, we have Bloodline Keeper. We have Arlen Cord. That's our Planeswalker in this set. Uh, Archangel Avacyn. We have Bruna and Gisela, the one that f- the ones that flip into Brizella, Voice of Nightmares. And we have the cards that no one really wants. Uh, Elbrus, <laughs> the Binding Blade, Legendary Equipment, and uh, Argyle's Bloodfast from the latest set. Strange choice. It's not Search for Canta, but uh, yeah. also strange that it's just a brand new card in this set. <laughs> so those are your 15 new cards. 35 bucks. What do you guys think? Uh, this turned out to be a really good from the vault. Um, I was nervous that when I when I saw Liliana on the cover that we were not going to get the origins all of the origins walkers, but uh, looks like they're all in there. So uh, I think a lot of people were skeptical at the start, but I I, I think folks are walking back their initial reaction and critique on the on this from the vault because it actually turned out to be really good. I think. Yeah, and just update on the price. It's about like 60 bucks on eBay because you can never get these from the vaults like at MSRP. So it's about like 60 Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough to find them for MSRP or, you know, stores willing to sell them at MSRP. But um, that's still a pretty good price. Yeah, I mean, I think it turned out pretty good. They didn't really miss much as far as transform cards. They got pretty much all the big ones. The only one I would... Discounting the new cards that are in Xander, the only one I would say is maybe Westville Abbey would have been better than Erebus the Blinding Blade. Like, that yeah. was the one transform card I felt like, oh, I really wish it was there. They obviously kind of missed on the standard card. The Search for Esconta or even Treasure Map probably is better than Bloodfast, but eh. I mean, they're trying to guess what's going to be good without knowing what the format looks like, so whatever. The only thing I would say is I wish there was more new art, and I'm sure it's like a budget thing, and you probably only have like so many new pieces you can get, but I think it would have been really sweet to see like the Flipwalkers with new art, or uh, uh, Gisela with new art. Some uh, some more new art. The new art was really good, but it was only on three cards, so I wish a higher percentage of the cards had the super sweet new art. Because, like I said, the new art that was in the set is very, very strong. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm okay with just the three pieces just because they are that good uh, for, for new art. So I guess it's kind of a a give and take on that. But what was the last one? Uh, War? I feel like there wasn't that many new pieces of art in that either. 
Yeah, and I think it's probably complicated by the fact that they're flip cards. So yeah. each new art is actually two new arts that you're paying for. Because yeah. I'm sure you got to like buy the front and the ba- uh, back half. So probably as far as budgets, maybe that's why it feels like there's less new art. Because each new art card is two arts. Yeah, they definitely chose the right cards. Though. I mean, the Garrick, uh, the Delver, and, and the Huntmaster all look phenomenal. So... I think overall this really turned out to be a really strong from the vault, all things considered. I think it's probably better than the last one. War was yeah. okay. But yeah, this I one mean, seems a lot better. They have a lot of mythics and a lot of planeswalkers, so I think it'll definitely be a hit. I mean, I think the value right now, if you look at original printings, is around $100. So yeah. if you're getting them at like 60 bucks, if you want the cards, I don't think you'll make money if getting them at 60 bucks, maybe in the long term, but... It's a pretty good deal if you want the cards for your Commander decks or whatever. Absolutely. They're all foil, right? Yeah. They are all foil. Yeah. We'll see how curly so this they is, are. But this, so this is turning $100 into $100, right, Seth? <laughs> oh, Chaz. So I'm alone. About the foil. Either they'll remain straight no. or they'll just explode. <laughs> Yeah. Because the problem with the foil is one side is foiled or whatever, and it curls the thing. So yeah. because it's both sides, it should just stay straight or it'll just implode it, on itself. The real question I have, though, is, is there a checklist card? I don't How do you play so. with these cards wow. if you don't have sleeves? I mean, not that you would, but, you know, they always have to have checklist cards. And do I get a foil checklist card from, from the vault? What? Or do I get nothing? And Do you play with checklist cards for for EDH? Because, I mean, I, I, I don't even think... You can't even play this set, like, normally. What? You can so, play Modern and Legacy and I, whatever, right? So do you you literally walk around with a checklist card for all your... I usually do for my flip cards, so I don't have to worry if Hmm. my sleeves are opaque or not and and whatnot. True. I just use a checklist to make it easy. I haven't had a problem, and I always use Dragon Shield. That's just my personal preference. I usually either use the matte ones or even sometimes even the non-matte ones. Uh, And I usually use a pretty dark color, so I've never had an issue, but... I for me I like then, yeah, I have a yeah, million of checklist card cards so I don't back before you shuffle in your deck it's just so I, mean, much I like I like doing that if they I don't made know me I'm not an as... awesome checklist card <laughs> you know one with like awesome art <laughs> can, can you imagine I wasn't... just like a kind of collage card where they have all fifteen cards on like one piece of art I don't know how they would do this but sure one of those like I mean, movie posters or whatever like on the card yeah leave it to Richard though you. I, I have to admit, I was not even thinking about the checklist card, so leave it to Richard. There's no foil checklist card. I'm dot just saying, every t- it's the collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> foil checklist card. Dot every I and cross every T on that one. No, and no there che- were checklist No tokens card. either. Or emblems. I would have liked the wolf token. That yeah. I would have liked. I would have liked the wolf token. Um, we also have uh, Explorers of Ixalan. So we know we know some of the cards already. Um, I I think as of a few minutes, I mean a few minutes ago, it was still down, or is it up now? Okay, so I can I actually have some information here. So okay. four different decks all together. I added up the prices. MSRP is like sixty five. Total values like one thirty. The big hitters that you're getting between all four decks, Beacon of Immortalities, like 8 bucks. You also have Shared Animosities, like 15 bucks. You have Adaptive uh, Automaton, which is like 7 bucks. You have 
Time Warp, which is 15 bucks, and Aggravated Assault, which is like 15 bucks. So there's a decent amount of value stuffed into the product. So I don't know. It's definitely interesting. There's also some lower stuff. Registrar Alphas, Path to Exiles, like in the five-ish dollar range, Threads of Disloyalty. So the value seems pretty good. Uh, is this a product that either of you are interested in? Kind of the board game slash magic thing. If I knew anything about this, <laughs> other than you have four actual magic decks, so the decks are actual magic decks that, you know, have real tournament legal magic cards, they're 60 card decks, 26 lands, but then somehow you play this with four other people and you have these tiles with numbers on them. That's all I know. <laughs> I don't know what you do with this, so they, they should have explained it better, because I don't know who's going to buy this. Uh, do, do you guys have any more information of how this actually plays out or what you actually do with this? No. I'm it's fairly like a board game, yeah. I know that. I'm fairly certain they had a video on how this works or maybe like an introductory to it. I don't know if there was gameplay on it, so if I'm wrong, I apologize. I, I don't know exactly how it works, to be honest with you. But it it seems fun for four players. This definitely feels like a good product for players that just want to, you know, play a different style of, you know, magic, incorporating different elements into, you know, just playing magic or, you know, new players. I, I think it's fine. I mean, it's on Mass Drop for like 50 bucks, so yeah, it feels I mean, like with the value of the cards in there, if you want to check it out and see if it's fun and you can get it for around 50 bucks, kind of a free roll just based on the chase cards we were talking about. Yeah. They've been, uh, you know, I have to say, they've been uh, r- doing really well, you know, producing these uh, supplemental products lately. Been doing a great job. I-, I can't remember the last, like, really bad one. Um, I think the last mediocre, wait, I guess it wasn't really terrible, but it wasn't great, was, uh, uh, what was the what was that, like, speed versus cunning or something like that? With, like, LaVisa Cold Eyes and uh, that other one. Yeah, <laughs> some of the remember. dual decks are still kind of hit or miss. Yeah, but they, they've they definitely been stringing together a good list of, of uh, supplemental products. Yeah, so. they still don't have their announcement game down, though. Like, why do they need to release, <laughs> like, two products on the same day, the Monday after Pro Tour? Like, could yeah. they not space it out by a day, if not week? You know, like, they, they love dumping everything over like they hire like a contractor for a day and then he comes in like okay please <laughs> announce everything for us and then he does it and he goes home <laughs> because i don't know why yeah. they gotta announce everything on the same day like all the time they love doing this it makes no sense to yeah. me and then i just see richard frantically like <laughs> here's this these are these cards here are these cards from this yeah, set like, like spoilers like, the vault yeah yeah that's like hey you oh, know, no. the slot is out i'm like what <laughs> like why would they do this to me <laughs> And there's like four more deck lists full of like all these cards, and here are some. Here's like ten reprints. I'm not even done writing rage posts about Team <laughs> Energy from the Pro Tour yet. And they gotta, they gotta release all this stuff on me. That's how they, that's how they do it. They just sedate you again. Like, you know, I really wasn't enjoying that Pro Tour. Look at all these sets. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, we we figured it out. We figured out their plan. Like, if something, if they like hear an inclination that something might not be going right, they just inundate you with all, all of this news. <laughs> and like, oh, and uh, unstable starts next week too. Gotta get ready yeah, for that. Unstable's next week. 
Yeah, so it's like just when you think you might have some uh, scruples with Pro Tour, they just like throw like three different products at you, so you don't you don't complain any- <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, I I think that was it. We should do yeah. fish mail because uh, we have quite a bit of them. We should. All right. Yeah. So if you have questions, send them to at mtggoldfish on Twitter with the hashtag mtgfishmail. First question, Alex Need. How do you decide which deck to take to a modern Grand Prix when you have access to a lot of different options? I think modern's like legacy now. I would recommend testing a bunch of different decks, finding a deck that fits your playstyle and you like, and then play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it, and learn it. Because you can win with like 30-plus decks in modern if you're good at playing them. So that's my technique. Don't just grab a deck for the GP. Figure out a deck you want and plan on playing it for the next two years or five years. Yeah, great answer. I mean, modern has definitely become... It's it's how you know your deck, not what deck you play. All right, next question from Kale Fax. Any chance we see hybrid mana upcoming sets, and would you even want to see it? So what is hybrid mana? Like to, is it the, the like red green or the, is it like the yeah, two the re- slash the green? Rev. The rev. Okay. Like, yeah, white slash red. I, I personally always liked that. Uh, I know some folks didn't really, really get on board that train, but I always, I always kind of liked it. I thought it would kind of spice things up a little bit, and I, I love Ravnica. That's kind of where they, you know, tried to do. I really like hybrid mana and. To have a more official answer, it's a one on the storm scale, which means we're almost guaranteed to see it again at some point. All right, next question. Markness Bomb, why the lack of diversity at the Pro Tour? Do you think the pros are just mailing it in, or is Teamer Energy really that good? Teamer Energy is that good, but I, I don't think they mailed it in by any stretch. I mean, it goes back to pros. They like to play decks that are good against everything. Like, if you can play a deck that's... against the field and make it 55% because you're better than everyone else. That's a good way to win, to win tournaments. So I feel like, like the Jun comparison is a good one. So I think that's part of the reason so many players went for it. I think Shoda called it in. He played teamer, teamer (laughs) energy instead of some random pile of control cards. That's when you know (laughs) the deck is broken. Shoda gave up his control cards (laughs) or he lost his trade binder the night before either one. Uh, next question, Desi Nohei, what is the single modern tier deck you despise to play against? With? What? What, what is the single most tier one modern deck you despise to play against? That's how I'll interpret this question. Uh, it used to be in fact, but now it's not tier, so it's gotta be something with Eldrazi Temple. Eldrazi Tron. <laughs> I bet yeah, turn rough too. Two, two copies of Eldrazi Temple is the most infuriating thing to me in Magic. Oh, yeah, that's pretty rough. I, I'm gonna go with Tron. I, I can handle getting stormed out or ad nauseum or whatever. But when someone generates seven mana so quickly, it just it just tilts me. <laughs> uh, M Bodwin one. I see Vraska Relic Seeker is going up thanks to Dark Teamer. When should I sell? Probably now. Yeah, I'm pretty fine with taking twenty five yeah. bucks for it. Yeah. All right, me mean pork. Would a color shifted, tribal shifted, silver gill adept to be too good for modern? What color slash tribe would it be too good in? Well, they they kind of did that. I mean, <clears throat> we talked about this, Seth. Like, Branch Walker's as pretty close as you're going to get to a color shifted silver gill adept. And we already saw that it was instantly slotted in as four. 
Like the yeah. whole deck changed to incorporate it. Maybe what tribe would be too good if it had a silver gill adept? Humans? Humans is already pretty good. If they humans also had a silver gill adept, that would be scary. Basically all yeah. tribes. Slivers, yeah. humans, <laughs> elves, like Elvish Visionary gets one more power, like what? <laughs> so I think Silver Gill Adept yeah. is like the best card. And they already place Elvish Visionary and it's a one one, so nope. <laughs> uh Kyle Aguire when are you guys bringing back goat and this or that? We gotta do another goat, Richard. Yeah. It's been a while. Goat, goat energy, salt eye your teamer. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, goat, goat teamer versus four color energy. One of us gets the the four different car- black cards. <laughs> yeah, we should we should do something. Uh, Chaos engineer one. So if star of extinction is an Ixalan. How do we still have dinos and rivals? Should they be extinct? I don't think anyone's ever resolved Star of Extinction. Yeah, it, it just got dissolved. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I history like that really answer. played out. Yeah, Someone just counterspelled it. Yeah, we're good on Ixalan. <laughs> that, that star never came down. <laughs> oh, this is a good question. Alan PD, oh. could Seth pronounce Budget Commander's full name? Uh, Tomer. I know that part. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, a. Abramovich? Abramovich? Am I close? I'm Does, no, can either I've never of you say actually it. Heard that can't Tomer be say right. his own full name. I've never seen his name before, like on someone else. So I have that no can't idea how right. to pronounce his last name. I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry. That can't be right. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Abramovich? Is that right? I don't know. This doesn't. We gotta ask Tomer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question. Regul. 1U5, does a Liliana fit for standard with plus Thought Seize, minus Fatal Push, minus Ultimate Damnation? What? <laughs> so the plus abilities of Thought Seize, the minus is a Fatal Push, and minus is, or the ultimate is Damnation. Nah, it's not gonna never happen. <laughs> I mean, how much mana does she have to be to make that fair? Yeah, I, I think like seven. <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that, that doesn't seem that powerful. Depends on what the minus is. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the numbers. I imagine one. I imagine it's like four mana, plus one thought seize, negative three or something, fatal push. That I think that could work. I I think it would have to be like ob. I think I think the lowest that this could be is five. It. It does seem like how Wizards was designing Planeswalkers for a while, though. Yeah. If you look at, like, Obnix list during that yeah. era, just, like, staple on three good effects from the color and call the day. Well, yeah. That's why I, it, it probably should just start at five. All right. Canadian syntax. Uh, if I asked you when I was still Eldrazi-tron, why you hate me so? Seth, how would you have reacted? Uh, I, I'm confused by the question. Uh, because of so, Aldrazi Temple? Because I think Canadian Syntax changed his or her Twitter handle from Aldrazi Tron to Canadian Syntax. Oh. oh. Well, I, I don't hate people with the Twitter handle Aldrazi Tron, just people that played the deck. <laughs> <laughs> what? Next question, also from Canadian Syntax or Aldrazi Tron. Time to settle it once for all. Cats or dogs? Uh, has dogs. Has to be dogs. By far. Dogs. Although Sacred Cat tried to win our hearts this weekend. Yes. Got side <laughs> uh, I, I do have a soft spot for Sacred Cat. It is. It has won me some drafts. Have we? Have so. we had like a 
like a house dog dog in magic like the one man or one one dog that does nothing <laughs> just like a just a regular old dog yeah, like I you don't know, know like black but there's cat. always been like massive like m- like bull mastiffs and you yeah, know n- none of that none of hound of hound conda whatever like yeah none of these things just like a just like a one one house dog yeah just a one one golden pupper <laughs> 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 At Control for Days, if white has all the best answers for gods and board wipes, why don't we see more mono white? Uh, Sun Mare Life gain control tokens. Well, we we saw mono white vampires. There you go. Yeah, we saw Cast Out, Angel of Inventions. Yeah. But I think the other colors just give you so much more stuff, so there's no reason not to play and it's two so colors. Easy. It's yeah. so easy to splash colors now. So yeah. easy. Uh, next question, Dr. Cadian. Seth, do you think Hidden Stockpile has a place in your modern white-black aristocrats deck? Uh, it's probably worth trying. Yeah, I think you could build a sweet stockpile deck. The problem is it's kind of slow for modern, but if you really want to sacrifice outfet, uh, outlet like you do in aristocrats, it's probably a fine option as like a one-of. All right, next question. Ender, Themad, Gauntlet of Goldfish, every much brew and budget magic modern deck put into brackets and fight till there's one winner. Oh, that could be fun. That's a huge undertaking, but win? that would be really fun. Uh, next question, Elieris, thoughts on new dinosaur for modern in Jun Shadow Shell? Seems good since push gets shadow. Uh, Which dinosaur is this? Oh, the the 12 mana one, I think. Oh, the, what's the set called, Rivals? The Yeah, yeah. the green one. I feel like it's very win more and inconsistent, but I feel like if you already have big enough death shadows that you're casting that for like three mana, you're probably winning anyway, but I don't know. Maybe it could be a one-up or something. Uh, Next question, Huddle AW, thoughts on Unstable having black border cards to sell packs? Foil Brainstorm with Wacky Art would be sweet. Don't they have a couple? I think the black border card... uh, what is it? The contraption thing is yeah. going to be silver. Is isn't it going to be silver bordered or no? I'm I'm not sure. I thought the rigor was black bordered. Ooh, well maybe there will be some. I guess I, there I will know be the a lands way to are, backs. aren't they? The lands are no bordered, right? Oh, but, right I mean, no I think bordered. they count as black bordered. But yeah, no border. Right, right. There's one on sale today, actually. Ooh, I think Star how much Series are they? Been selling them. Uh, I think two forty nine for the island, one ninety nine for the plains and mountain, and then two twenty five for the others, the forest and the swamp. Uh, I mean, if those prices stick, that kind of guarantees you some value from your unstable packs. Yeah, I think I'd just rather just buy the lands, but. <laughs> but think of all the fun cards, Chaz. You can. I'll make do it a like cube. one time. I, I I committed myself to like one time. Well, here's the one thing: time. it's probably not going to be released on Moto, so Seth will never play Unstable. Oh no, that, that is true. Maybe I'll do a box opening though. All right, all right. Next question, I, Jay Shrewd. What about kicking the Pro Tour off Standard? It seems like non-Pro tourneys have more variety and promote Standard brewing better. So no more standard Pro Tours. Well, we are taking a break, so maybe that helps the argument, but we'll see. Because the last modern Pro Tour was a disaster. I'm very excited for modern Pro Tours, but I don't think we can get rid of standard altogether. I think 
normally I would love to see them keep the schedule like we have this year. Two standard, one modern, and one yep. team. I think that would be great going forward. Agreed. Next question. Reds 17 is it me... Is it just me who's sick of approach decks? It's like a combo deck for lazy people who like a card that cobbles with itself. (laughs) (laughs) I could, if you don't like control, I can understand not liking it. Because it it is just kind of counter your stuff, counter your stuff, counter your stuff, eventually approach you. So if you don't like playing against Drago control, I can understand not liking approach. Uh, Random Dark Rider, what are your favorite combos that can actually kill people? Looking for the wackiest cards and kills you've done. What was it? The last combo I used was the Hapatra. Like, minus one, minus one counters. It doesn't outright kill people, but you get a ton of snakes. <laughs> and it's pretty fun. I think the... Oh, man. Volcano Helion Pariah Stuffy Doll. I think was one of my favorite ones that kills people. Yeah, I, I, I also like the hit-my-creatures-kill-people plan, Boros Reckoner-type things. What are your favorite combos? Oh, wait, just read that. D. Philip 83 <laughs> Chaz, Unhinged came out 13 years ago. I don't know what you consider a long time if that isn't. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I've i checked that afterward because another person also said that. Wow, I, uh, I did not want to be reminded of that. Is it really 13 that, years that's, ago? That's that is a, that, that's a long time ago, yeah. I did not think it was that long ago. It's going to be another 13 until <laughs> uh, we see the next one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was good or bad to be reminded of it, but thank you. Uh, yeah, I guess it was a long time ago. So whatever I said about the release, I mean, I still think the lands will, uh, there, there's still going to be a lot of them. Or not as many. All right, next question. Kenna Waktaki, why is Mirage Mirror not in more legacy decks with Dark Depths? There's just way easier ways to Dark Depths in legacy, I think. Yeah. What does Mirage Mirror do? Uh, three oh, mana artifact, mana, pay yeah. two, copy something. Yeah. Or you play a thespian stage. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there's and plus with lands you just dredge them in your graveyard, loam them back. Like it's just it's clunky compared to the other options. Uh, Connor MSP25, my brothers and I are thinking of going to our first Grand Prix in March. Any advice for first-timers? Oh, nice. Um, hope you all have fun. Uh, I mean, just from a normal perspective, like, just to keep yourselves sane, uh, definitely pack water and food. Um, a lot of water, like, stay hydrated, because if you're there for a while, um, you don't want to just resort to, like, chips and stuff. All right, next question uh, from Only Way. Did you know Irene Singer's Oracle text says that she is a vampire dwarf? How did that happen? Things uh. were crazy back in the old <laughs> well, days. Well, no, 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 no. So the original card is Summon Legend. So if you don't know, I just looked it up. It's a four mana, two, two black creature. White enchantments and green enchantments cost an additional two. But the Oracle text has been updated to vampire dwarf <laughs> for some oh. reason for the, the type line. Oh. So what is what does this mean? I I don't know. But the flavor text reference <laughs> she is a dwarf, because the cruel being brings shame to all her fellow dwarves and misery to all the land. So I I huh. guess the flavor text just says she's a dwarf in there. So so I guess anyone can be a singer. I don't know. I don't know what a, what a singer even mean. <laughs> why why are there like dwarves? It's singers? a bloodline, isn't it? 
Yeah, but don't you watch these vampire movies? <laughs> but why? Why is this dwarf? <laughs> I see. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> because you know, I don't know. Things happen. Ken S. Baxter demand for great demand is greater for pro play and stale decks or amateur play or and new decks. What? Demand is greater for pro play and stale decks. Oh, is demand greater for pro play and stale decks or amateur play and new decks? Give us a casual tournament during the pro tour. The, I think there's a huge demand for casual play, but I have no idea how you have a casual tournament. Like, I think that's really challenging to figure out how you would actually have a casual. Because it's never casual like, during right? a pro tour. Like, even if you make all the rules casual, when you go there, you're gonna build the best casual deck thus making it yeah. a spiky casual deck and yep it's just like it's just like commander it started off as hey we just get to play all these like crazy cards and like eight mana stuff and then here we are like there there are groups that still do it but like richard said you're still gonna build the best bad deck yeah you basically sense. need to reward people for not winning the actual game of magic but based on other criteria like, you know, yeah. best flavor, best synergy, or whatever. But then it's, like, really hard because it's kind of subjective. Uh, next question from at Olive Saffron, whose name is Saffron oh. Olive Garden. <laughs> Do you think Watsy oh. may include black-bordered reprints in Unstable to improve sales? Basically what we, we talked about earlier. Yeah, We got that same question from two people. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Dr. Cadian, do you think a budget red-green elemental breach with dramatic entrance instead of through the breach can work? Sort of. The haste is actually really important when it comes to getting in a hit with Leisure the Tangle, so I think it would be worse, but if you just want to play on the kitchen table, I think it can be a budget substitute. All right. Down the final stretch. Fiddler, the drum, can you do a modern pickles deck in video or stream? Yes. Someday we will do that. I think the Pickles Lock is really sweet, and we've never played it. <laughs> T-Laser, if Watsi errated all monocolored legendaries to have partner, which two would you want to build an EDH deck around? Oh, uh, Gazelle and Bruna. Those are the ones that should be partners. Uh, Brothers Yamazaki, even though they have the same name. <laughs> 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 Seems like a flavor like fail one. that I can't make a deck with two brothers. <laughs> Uh, Fazitron, do you find it ironic that Wizards only gives five unique 5-0 decks a day, but then the Pro Tour is extremely homogenous? Uh, no. I don't, I don't know. Is that ironic? I don't know. (laughs) But I am still peeved at the 5-0 unique decks. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to get into it now because we'd probably go for another hour, but... (laughs) It is going to be challenging moving forward to really evaluate the meta without having better data. Like, it feels like we saw... uh, Is everyone just going to go by this 43% number at the Pro Tour because we don't have other data? Is that good or bad? It's it's an interesting conundrum we're in now that uh, we had this Pro Tour but don't have good Moto data. All right, last question. Goku23, what is a good price to buy from the Vault Transform on the secondary market? What do you think its total value is worth? So we said what the total yeah, value was. Uh, what's a good price to buy in at? Is the current sixty bucks good? Is it going to go down? Up? What do you guys think? Um, probably going to go down as the value of the card. Like, obviously, the value of the cards will decrease with the release. But I think like you can't really go wrong with like fifty, sixty bucks somewhere in there. You won't lose much even at sixty. Yeah, if you want the cards, I think fifty to sixty is fine. 
it's going to depend on that checklist card for me. (laughs) 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 That's all our fish mail, so thank you, everyone, for sending them in. Awesome. Yep, great fish mail. Uh, That is about (laughs) going to do it, though. We are kind of over time here. Uh, Gentlemen, great cast. We will all see you next time. Uh, So this is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out. See you all next week.